Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Thank you so much, Pete and the team. It's just good to be in the presence of God with our, with our family. It's a family here at Northside. I hope you feel it at home. Um, I'm feeling a real wonderful sense of um, communion with these people around me. And I'm also feeling it with you guys who are watching. I want to talk about something today that honestly, I believe can change your life. I don't say that glibly. I know we say that a lot about various topics, but if you can grasp this and you can nail it, the thing that God wants you to get right most, it will change the trajectory of your whole life. It absolutely will. It's something I've battled with and, and come to terms with on many occasions. Um, and when I get it, it just changes my entire life in the present and my view of the future. And it's, it's actually almost too good to be true. And we're going to talk today about overcoming fear. We've had an amazing series from Sam on faith. Now, that, that, that was tools building us up. How faith grows. We, we talked about commitment, about trusting, about really letting go and trusting that God's got it all sorted. We've been building our faith. What for? One of the main things we build our faith for is to overcome this, this demon, this spirit called fear. Now, I'm going to share a story this morning that, that if you're like me, it'll, it'll knock your socks off. I'm going to share some things from the Word that teach us what fear is, And how we overcome it. Because if you can get this right, you will obey the most common commandment in the Bible. I know I've already given it away, but the most common commandment in the Bible is not do not do this, do not do that, do this, do that, don't sin. The most common thing that God says throughout the entire Bible, old and new, by far, it outnumbers daylight second. It, it, it outnumbers everything else. It's this. Do not be afraid. It trumps everything. Don't be afraid. So why are we afraid so often? Why does it happen? I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, you can Google this. Um, I've told Cara in the online chat to type out the name Margie Palm. Now, there's another name, Steve Morin, Stephen Morin, who was infamous. Margie Palm and Steve Morin crossed paths. Steve Morin... I don't want to scare you this morning. This has got a happy ending, but he was a serial killer, killed over 30 women. And if you Google him, you'll see an article about the last encounter he had. The last woman he kidnapped was Margie Palm in San Antonio, Texas, in a car park, a gunpoint. He kidnapped her, the last woman. And you'll see an article just simply saying, Stephen Morin was arrested or turned himself in after spending 10 hours with his last kidnapping victim. And that's all you'll see. But if you Google the testimony of Margie Palm, you'll see this. This woman was woke up that morning. She's not an ordinary woman. I mean, she's an ordinary woman in many senses, but she's not ordinary in the fact that she was a woman of prayer. She liked to talk to God. She hung out with God. She woke up one morning and she said she had a heaviness on her heart. Now, now there's some praying people around Northside and they would know what that means. Oh, I feel I should pray. Something's on my heart. She didn't know what. 
this persisted throughout the morning. She went to her volunteer job. She was helping out at a centre and they said, go home, woman, you're not here. She was in the clouds. Just she said, I don't know what it is, but I'm distracted today. I've got to pray. She took an unusual route home to a shopping centre she never goes to, went in there, bought some Christmas present, walked out and then felt a gun in her back. Turned around and saw this man, Steve Marin. This is a true story. And she said he was full of fear and hatred and he was crying and he was wearing black and he said, I want you to get in your car in the passenger seat and sit on your hands or I'll kill you. A little bit of backstory. Sorry, this is a scary part, but it's got a happy ending. Uh, that morning he'd killed a woman and he'd also kidnapped another. The police raided the home in San Antonio. He escaped and they rescued that girl, fortunately, and he was at large. So there was helicopters. Margie Palm, a woman of prayer, had no idea there were helicopters circling San Antonio looking for this man, this fugitive, that the FBI were trying to track down. So what's her first response? She recounts the story. You can look it up. It's a long story, maybe, maybe half an hour to 45 minutes. Go and look her up if you want to see it. But here's the summary. The first thing she felt was totally logical. And today our job is to defy logic. She felt fear. She went, I'm going to die today. That's her first thought. The first thought was, I'm going to die today. It's over. She knew there's a feeling. You can feel hatred in someone. I don't know if you've ever felt that. But when someone's really malevolent and there's something wrong, you can feel a spirit. The Bible says fear is actually a spirit. She could feel that. It got on her. She thought, I'm going to die today. And she said she was paralyzed with fear. But then something happened. And she was prepared. And we're going to talk about that preparation today. She said, do you know Jesus? Can you believe that? The guy went, what? No, I don't, and I don't want to. Get in the car. But she persisted. And I figure it was something like she thought, well, I'm probably going to die anyway. What have I got to lose, right? So she persisted. She, she had her hands uh, you know, under her, uh, under her legs like he would com commanded, so she was immobile. And, and then the Lord showed her some, some Bible verses about Jesus, some words of Jesus. And one of these words was, uh, I have given you authority and power to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. This flashed before her eyes. It wasn't random. It wasn't a coincidence. She was soaking in the word. She'd been listening to messages and, and reading the words of Jesus. So these words of Jesus came to her in that moment and she went, I'm going to pray for you. And the guy went, no, you're not going to pray for me. She, and she said, yes, I am. Why? Because she's suddenly out of this zone. I'm going to talk about two states today. She's out of a state of fear and into a state of faith. It can happen like that. We're going to see Peter in the New Testament experience that very conundrum. Flipped out of fear into faith. What a good one. And she says, I am. And she reached over <laughs> to the driver's seat. The guy's driving with a, with a captive a hostage, a serial killer who's infamous. And, and she prays and she says, I rebuke all spirits of fear and anything in this car. In other words, I tell you to get out. Just get out, because Jesus is more powerful. You're not going to see this in the newspapers. Why? Because they don't want to report good news, do they? <laughs> Welcome to the media. And, and 10 hours, just as she was in the car, 10 hours, 10 hours of life-changing stuff happened. The, the story goes, I'll try and make it as short as possible, but it's epic. Um, and you know, at that point, she felt fear leave the car, and this guy was just puzzled. And he made a decision. He said, hang on, I don't, I don't feel like killing or raping you suddenly. <laughs> bonus. <laughs> this was a good progression in the story. He suddenly didn't want to do that to her. And he says, what's going on? Are you crazy? Are you trying to con me? She said, no, 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 this is really me. I'm, I'm... He said, I can't believe I'm in the car with a religious freak. 
He actually said that. She was a religious freak. Well, in the sense that she loved God. She loved Jesus. She knew him. She walked with him. And she said, no, no, no I'm not trying to con you. This is me. This is who I am. Look at all the Bible, the Bible on the floor, all my tapes. And, you know, um, yeah, she had the podcast from Northside on the floor in there. <laughs> She'd been listening to How to Grow Faith. And she was built up in faith. The point is she was ready. She was prepared for this moment. And all morning, God had been telling it's going to happen. And I really want you to check out the story because there's so many details that will blow your mind. Long story short, the guy ends up listening to her. At one point, they stop at a 7-Eleven. He says, I need to be in a public place. Otherwise, it'll look too weird if I'm secluded because they'd be looking for cars that were alone. Went to 7-Eleven. He sends her in to get a beer and a paper. She had no idea who this guy was. She she buys the paper for him at the 7-Eleven. He's on the front page, Manhunt in San Antonio. And she got the conviction not to run out the back door of the 7-Eleven, not to tell the guy behind the counter, there's a serial killer in the car, I'm about to die. Didn't do any of that. Why? Because she's walking in faith. So she gets back in the car and he begins to trust her. He said, well, you could have made a break for it. You didn't. She says, no, I'm not going to make a break for it because I'm meant to be here. Because God's intentions are more, powerful, are more powerful than Satan's intentions. He's not going to win today. Long story short, halfway through this journey, and they were driving all around the place, he stops the car. He gets out of the car and looks around, and she goes, what's going on? He's looking around like a crazy person. He was crazy, so that wasn't hard to accomplish. Sits back in the car and puts his hands up and says, Jesus, forgive me. I'm sorry. I give it all to you. She goes, what just happened? And he said he felt something amazing. The hatred he had carried his entire life left him in that moment. It left him. He said, I don't understand what happened. And the guy's destined to die. He told her, today I will have a shootout with the police because there was roadblocks everywhere and I will die. A kind of suicide. He'd pull a gun on on 12 police cars and he would have died. And she said, no, you're not going to die because God's got a plan for you. And he says, I don't know what happened. I don't feel this hate and this fear anymore. His mother apparently was quite abusive to him and hated him and hated all men. And he turned that around and became a little monster. And he said, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to kill anyone anymore. What do we do? He said, I want to go to Austin. He had had this idea to go to Austin. Get this. She gets a vision from God. This is how cool God is. That says, don't go to Austin. There's roadblocks. Literally, God's helping him avoid capture for a moment. He gets captured later. Don't worry. <laughs> God's not anti-justice. But she said, no, no, you need to go up by Curlew. I can't remember the name of the place. It starts with C. Look up the, the, the video. But, but I tell you what, he, he goes that way. And sure enough, there's no roadblocks. They end up at a bus stop. She says, God wants you to just wait here at the bus stop. There's going to be a bus that goes to Austin. And he lets her go. He says... Uh, You should go home to your family. I don't want to do anything bad for the rest of my life. He sat there on the curb. Hours later, she did share with the police. She refused to for hours, apparently. She got got back home and the police were already at her house because one thing I missed is that he allowed her to make a phone call to her husband who was terrified because he knew something was wrong. So he'd alerted the police and they just knew she was in the same area and went, hang on, this this smells funny. The police were all there. She turns up laughing because you never guess what happened, honey. And he goes, what? I've been been worried out of my brain. No, no, it's all good. She refuses to tell them where he is for a while. And the great thing is he was sitting at that bus stop reading a Bible. And finally, hours later, the police surrounded him. He didn't have a shootout because he's walking out of fear now. He's in this faith. A guy who knew nothing about God. How sudden was that? I'm going to talk about a passage now in the Bible. Similar but different. Not all of us, fortunately, will be kidnapped by a serial killer. Um, but we all have moments, and I figure that's, that's the clause that gets rid of all our excuses to be afraid. Well, 
we can at least say we're not in the car with a serial killer, right? Whatever we're facing, whether it's the worries about COVID, oh, there's a new strain. Oh, last night in a set break, I'm trying to prepare this sermon. My, the drummer, Luke, my, my dear friend, he said, man, you heard about this new strain? Man, I'm like, oh, no, not another strain. South Africa's locked up. So are our South African friends in Northside. But I said, man, what's the deal, bro? I've got to speak on fear tomorrow. And he went, yeah, man. And we had a conversation about fear in society. Me and Luke, we just sat there and we went, yeah. You know, um, by the way, that was a blessing. He said, what are you doing? I went, there's no hiding it. <laughs> I went, I've got to prepare. I'm going to preach a sermon in a church. So. <laughs> so what? I've got to preach a sermon in a church. It's all good, man. I went to church when I was a kid. I had no idea. So I said, he knew a little bit about Jesus. And we had a great chat. But, but look, um, fear can come at you from many points of view. Peter, can you please put up the first passage? Or well, the, first, the first slide. The first passage here, Peter, the Bible Peter, not our Peter here, was in a situation where he had a choice. Um, Jesus came on the water walking to them. They freaked out. They're in fear one minute because they thought it was a ghost. The second minute they're in faith. Oh, it's Jesus. How awesome. Peter says, I'll get out of the boat because Jesus said, come, I'll read this. Come, read it with me. Come, he said. That's Jesus. Then Peter got down out of the boat walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, Lake Galilee is famous for its winds, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Man, Jesus is annoying sometimes, isn't he? <laughs> We're going to talk about that statement. Why did you doubt? You have little faith. Why did you doubt? It's almost as if Jesus is blissfully unaware of the wind. And, and we're talking about massive winds. I mean, I think Sam's been to Lake Galilee. Yeah? Apparently the legends are, are still true. The, the winds come down that valley and they just, just, they just create huge waves and chaos in a place that, you wouldn't, that was hours ago serene. So it was a scary situation. And Jesus said, you have little faith. Why? Why did he say that? He's trying to grow Peter. He says it to all of us. He's not trying to be annoying. He's trying to say this. Are you ready? I want you to repeat after me in the chat. Write this out. The problem is never the problem. I'm going to count to three. I want people to say it with me in the room because we've got people here. I'm so excited. You ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. The problem is never the problem. Say it again. The problem is never the problem. Jesus said that. The problem is not the problem. Problems will come, problems will go. You'll have a good day, you'll have a bad day, you'll have a good day. It's a roller coaster ride. The problem is our lack of faith. Because if we have faith, all's well. If we have faith, we can sit in a car with a serial killer for 10 hours and have a great time. If we have faith, COVID can come along and we can lose our job. And they're also good. We are supposed to look like lunatics. Really. That, that's, that's kind of part of what we're here to do. We're here to live... Above the level of fear, you can do it. This is not just for freaks in Texas. Apologies to Leslie and, and Eric. <laughs> we, we love our Texan friends who, you know, a lot of them read the Bible every day. It's wonderful. It's for all of us in Australia, in Sydney, in Northside. To realise the problem's not the problem. To be one of those outlandish, strange people that go, actually, I'm cool, man, because I trust that God cares for me. And he said this to Peter he said, why did you doubt? He had a right to ask Peter that because Peter, being a good Jewish boy, knew other scriptures. Uh, Peter, if you would, our Peter, would you please bring up Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10? I'm going to skip to that. This is something that 
Peter knew. I'm going to read it. He knew it from the Old Testament, which he had available. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hands. Thanks, Peter. That's a promise that Peter knew. Now, if you don't know any of these words, you've got an excuse. You really do. After today, you don't. <laughs> Isaiah 41.10, check it out. In fact, after the last couple of weeks, if you've been tuning in and learning how to grow faith, you now have a choice. It's no longer, oh, I'm lost. I don't know God. I'm, I'm, oh, man, fear's really taken over me. No, no, no. You can rewind, go back, look it up on, on Northside Online. You can see those messages and get re-encouraged. Why? Because we forget. He says, why did you doubt, Peter? Why? Because Peter forgot. How many know in the Old Testament the Israelites, well, oh, yeah, we're with God, we're good. Oh, where's God? I hate this. This is terrible. Yeah, we're with God. He's part of the Red Sea. Oh, no. The flip, the, the dichotomy of faith versus fear. We have a choice every time. But that choice is informed or influenced or dictated by, by your knowledge of God's will. First of all, first and foremost, that he loves you. And you know, one thing I'll, I'll say before we bring up the next, the next verse. Um, Margie at one point, uh, she was just expressing how much God loves. And, and he said, in my entire life, woman religious freak or whatever you are, I've never felt so much love from anyone. He was a guy deprived of love, and that's what results in the horrors that happens with criminals like that. Um, by the way, a little, little spoiler, uh, he was arrested. He was executed four years later, because at Texas, <laughs> you're not going to get away with killing 30 people. So four years later, he was executed. But you know what? In those four years, he shared the gospel to hundreds of inmates. Isn't that amazing? He shared Jesus and faith and hope and love he was a changed man. It didn't matter that he only had four years. It was like, this is the best four years of my life, man, because I've learned not to walk in hate and fear. Because, and now the verse comes up, Peter, if you would, if you can find perfect love casts out fear. So 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. How much fear does it cast out? It casts out all fear. All, not a scleric, to the point where you can be walking in a kind of a supernatural state, if you like. I wish we could all get this. I really do. I believe with all my heart this is one of the most important things. And I'm supported in my belief by, again, the Bible. It's the most common command for a reason. Can we find my cool holding slide, Peter? <laughs> The whole thing. There it is. You like that picture? I couldn't make it fit properly, but I found on the internet. Look at that little fella there. Look at that little fella. He's got a sword and a shield. What's that all about? Notice fear is empty. He's just a shadow. Just an idea in someone's head. And he's about to fight it with a shield. You can flick that off, that amazing piece of art that I stole from Google and slightly altered with, to match the north side palette. <laughs> um, so... He's got a shield. You know, there's one other passage I won't put up because I'm bombarding you today. I'm bombarding you with ammo, by the way. Ammo against the enemy, ammo against fear. fear. You know, look these verses up. Kara's writing them out for you in the chat. You guys here, ask me if you want to know. Well, look up, look up on the website. Um, you need this ammo. And, and, you know, that faith 
Paul says in Ephesians is, is a shield. What's the shield do? It extinguishes the flaming darts of the enemy. What are the darts of the enemy? Thoughts. Oh, you're not going to make enough money. Oh, you're going to lose your job. Oh, you're not going to have anywhere to eat, which is a ridiculous thought in Australia, right? We're looked after pretty well. But it applies all over the world. God will look after you. We, we sang Jaira a few weeks in a row. If he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more will he clothe you? He's got your back. He's got your back. He's going to look after you. Can we just put up our last slide? Fear, false evidence appearing real. I love Peter. He's great because I've just changed the order of every single slide. Can he find it? Drum roll. There he is. He's fast. This guy's fast. Our Peter is fast. False evidence appearing real. I heard this little ditto and I thought, wow, that's cool. I'm going to use it. That's what fear is. You can take it down there. Look, don't get me wrong. The danger is not false. It's real. Problems come. The wind was real. The serial killer was very real. <laughs> the gun was real. Your, 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 your relatives that you have trouble with, they're real. The, people's opinions that you're so worried about, your job, that stuff's real. But the fear, no. It's false evidence. It's stuff that we worry about for the future that hasn't even happened yet. You're not dead yet. You're alive. So let's rely on God. I want to take you through a journey now. I'm going to ask my friend Sam to come up and play a bit of piano. Um, we're going to get through a journey of one of my favourite passages in Scripture. I'll tell one more brief story. I had a young friend, a nine-year-old Colombian boy, who couldn't sleep at night. He was so fearful. And, you know, it wasn't even that he'd had... Pretty bad things can happen in Colombia, but he hadn't had the worst time, but his imagination was growing. That's what happens when you're seven, eight, nine, ten. Your imagination starts forming, and fears come, and they attack you. So this kid couldn't sleep. He said, I don't know what to do. And we found an antidote. I said, mate, I know. The Holy Spirit sort of spoke to me. He said, look, man, you've got to give him Psalm 91. And I'll tell you what, if, if you're struggling to find ammunition against, against this stuff, and remember to speak it out. Don't just leave it in the brain or in the book. Speak it out when you're really afraid. Speak this out. Speak it out. I'm going to read Psalm 91 right now. If you'll put that up, please, Peter. And Sam's going to accompany us. Accompany us, and we just want to go into a space of meditation now. All right, Psalm 91. It's a psalm that says, hey, I've got you covered. It even mentions disease. How relevant is that for COVID-19? It even mentions disease. When you go to sleep at night, you don't need to be afraid. Why? Because God's with you. Let's read this together. Let's meditate on these words. It's long, but it's beautiful. You can just listen or you can read along. I'd love you to close your eyes if you can. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence, that's disease. He will save you. He will cover you with His feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. That's a barrier. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by the day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. How relevant is that today with COVID-19? We need Psalm 91. A thousand may fall at your side, 
10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You'll only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, this is the prerequisite, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you. I'll pause a moment too. How many reckon there were angels around that car as Margie was in there? You see, I do. I believe it. Command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the snake. You will trample the great lion and the serpents. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. What a wonderful promise. Would you just soak in that for a moment? Just meditate on his goodness. Meditate on the fact that that false evidence, that fear, is nothing compared to the greatness of God. And that in His Word we have power. You know, that man, Stephen, that bizarre, horrific individual, gave his life to Jesus. Not because of anything he'd done, he was the worst of worst, the worst of the sinners that could be imagined really. It was like a mini Hitler or something. But he discovered the blood of Jesus. She talked to him about that. It's 10 hours. Can't recount it all. She talked about how Jesus died on the cross for him. And right now, we're going to remember that. How Jesus faced the ultimate fear, that being of death. He shed his blood. If you've got a cup of water, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you believe in Jesus or not. I'd love you to drink something that would help you remember what Jesus did on the cross. And I pray that it will become real to you as you take a drink. We've got grape juice here and we've got a little piece of bread and the bread or rather the uh, plastic, whatever it is that we have here, represents the body of Jesus broken and smashed so that you didn't have to be. It represents salvation and it's free. It's a free gift. So would you eat and drink with me this morning as we praise God once more, as we enter into a time of worship and you understand that God's got your back, that you don't have to walk in fear. You can walk in faith at any moment that you choose. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your goodness. May this word go out and bear fruit in every individual listening online and in this room. In the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. 
If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.